Hello. We're back after a short break. So how was it? What? The break? Yeah, the break. How was it? Yeah, it, it, it was busy. Go on. We've been noticing some new projects, including a big one this week. Well, that all sounds very exciting, Mark, but it's a little bit cryptic. But you do do that. What? You sort of tease. You drop <laughs> a little bit of a nugget in and then you leave us all hanging. We should talk about some of this stuff. Okay. So, and we're in the perfect place, I feel, to do that. So, should we get started? Yeah. Um, I sort of feel maybe we should do some introductions first for people who've not yet tasted a slice of bread and butter. Okay, so I'm Mark and I'm one of the charity's founders and chief exec. And I'm Fiona, another one of the bread and butter thing team. Uh, And this is the place where we take a look behind the scenes and meet the people that make the bread and butter thing what it is. Yeah, so we run a mobile affordable food club and we've been listening to some of the issues that face our members and volunteers and also finding out how accessing food that is more affordable has impacted them and their families we make sure the bags are loaded with fresh fruit and veg as well as things for the fridge and cupboards and it goes a long way to helping people access a nutritious healthy diet too yeah but of course it's not just about the food. Most people save about 25 quid a week on their food budgets, which means that they can focus those funds elsewhere, which is more important than ever now. So shall we meet the person that we're talking to this week? Yeah. For this episode, I went to meet Shireen, who's one of our volunteers. And like many of our volunteers, she's a member too. And I was especially keen to go and meet um, Shireen because she has a lot to answer for. How so? Well, she's responsible for getting me addicted to TikTok. (laughs) I can literally pinpoint the moment that Shireen started to come to the bread and butter thing because she made a TikTok about it. She did this lovely sort of panning shot along her kitchen counter with all the contents of that day's bags on show. (laughs) And when it went live, our website went bonkers with enquiries from across the country with lots of people saying, you know, I've seen you on TikTok. I'm like, how and where um, it took me an absolute age to find it and now i'm a little bit hooked yeah but you are not getting me doing a hornpipe on camera oh no 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 he's <laughs> definitely definitely much better in front of the camera than either of us would be I happened to um, see the van going past into the school car park while I was walking down the street one day. And I thought, do you know what, what's that? And I just, me being nosy, gave it a Google and I was like, ooh, ooh, you know, that looks good. I had a little read online and we're very passionate about food waste here because my daughter who's eight, she's autistic and her passion is saving the world, saving animals, saving the environment. During the summer holidays, because I've got my daughter, I can't go to the hub, so my son, who's also autistic, he goes and helps unload the van. I drop him off there, he unloads the van with the others, and then I pick him back up. He gives the brawn. (laughs) So it's like a complete family. Yeah, it's really nice. What do you get out of it? One thing I get, which uh, might not be as obvious, but it's um, a nice time to socialise. I don't get a lot of time to socialise because I'm busy with the kids, appointments, I'm very restricted on time. So it's really nice to just have a group of people who are like-minded, obviously, or they wouldn't be there. We have a laugh, we have a joke. It's nice that we're helping the community. I'm very passionate about helping the local community. And it's also nice that we're doing good for the environment, making sure the food's going 
to use rather than to waste. <laughs> Do you take sugar? No. So you've got, you've got your daughter to school? Yes, they have transport the children because they're in um, specialist schools. Yeah. So, my youngest is the hardest to please because she has a lot of sensory processing difficulties with being autistic. Um, she's very, very limited to what she eats. So if we get some fruit, it's usually a positive. The thing my son likes, because he, even though he's autistic, he's the opposite and will eat anything. <laughs> and he loves it coming home, like, what random thing are we having tonight, Mum? So um, it, it, that's really nice, not knowing what you're getting. <laughs> my son likes that. My daughter looks around mainly for the fruit or any chocolate items, obviously, if there are any. Has it changed the way you eat as a family? Absolutely. One, it's... I, I always like to think I had some conscious level of food waste but it's really really opened my eyes even more saying right come on as a family we can do even better now it that it's it's helped in that way and also it stopped these mundane oh, same thing on this night same thing on this night now you just don't know it's like roulette you don't know what you're getting <laughs> so it has spiced up the evening meals quite a bit um and not just for the wednesday night when i pick up my bags it's always there's isn't enough to go for days after, so it spices up the, um, the week's meals. When you're cooking, it can get quite boring after a while when you're doing the same. Oh, pasta, rice, pasta, rice, but now it's, oh, what can I do with that? Let's go and find a recipe or something and, oh, that's nice. We're going to try this tonight, kids. <laughs> yeah. Is food more challenging in your house, though, because of, specifically, I think, because of your daughter? Oh, the processing needs, yeah. yeah. It costs a fortune, um... I'm very good at budgeting and I'm very, I'm not very, I'm not a chef, but I'm good at cooking. I can cook from scratch without sounding big-headed there. But, so I could probably feed three of us if, if none of them had sensory difficulties a week, probably on £30 or less quite easily. But due to her only, not only certain textures, it's certain brands, because she can taste the difference from a cheaper brand to a better brand. So I was shopping, but if I didn't have the bread and butter thing to help with mine and my son's side... You'd be going, with the cost of living at the minute, I'd probably be pushing £90 a week shopping to get her packed lunch stuff, the food she will eat, um, and things like that. So it's extremely expensive. Um, the fact now that I can get these bags and supplement mine, and, at least mine and my son's, and sometimes it does do my daughter's as well, that's not my shopping down to around 50 a week. So it has had a huge financial impact. Um, I'm, I'm on benefits on carer's allowance, obviously, because I care full time for my kids on my own. And I just could not, the way the shopping prices are going up, I couldn't afford £90 a week. I would have to stop eating. It would be something, uh, something would have, because I've cut out everything I possibly can. So it's really, really helpful. I don't know what I did without it. <laughs> Considering I've only had it a few months, I can't, I just don't know what I could do without it, especially now prices are going up. Would you like, um, do you know what? I'd really love one. Thank you so much. Oh, I don't know, I managed to. Well, I probably oh, well, will. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I might too. You know that when you first made a TikTok mm. about showing the food, what yeah. they're showing the food you got, you know you almost crashed our website. Really? <laughs> no way. Yeah, oh was, no! 
But we were literally <laughs> getting people from Kent and oh, Essex gosh, yeah. and all, you know, all kind all, all over the country, um, you know, asking if we could, mm. you know, where were we and, and could they join and stuff. Oh, it's really nice to know. It's amazing just the power of a few seconds, what that can do, can't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So the other thing mm-hmm. that I notice from your amazing TikTok channel is actually how much support you offer other parents who have children with autism. Is that a role that you're sort of just gently stepping into? Yeah, it's um, there is especially now there's more social media going on and everyone accesses it. There's a lot more support out there. When my son Cove was first diagnosed, he was two. So this was almost 17 years ago now. Um, there were... No, there was no, Facebook had just come out, there was no YouTube, there was no anything online about autism. I was 16 when I gave birth to COVID and I was living on my own um, and I, I had nothing, there was nothing, I didn't know what autism was. I thought it was something he was going to grow out of and, and so once social media kind of got out there, I actually started on Facebook about 10 years ago with a page thinking just not wanting anyone else because I was at breaking point when he was younger I was at I just really really difficult time and so 10 years ago I started on Facebook but then I closed that down after a while and then I found TikTok I thought this is a bit easier because I can talk onto a video rather than write long blogs um and took it from there but then on TikTok I found this you know recently there's more mums coming out talking about their experiences and stuff which is helpful because even though I give tips and I might say things, it's from my point of view. That doesn't cover every autistic person. So the fact that more parents are coming out saying, this is what it's like for us, this is how we do things. We all kind of work together and as a community then we can help more people. It feels to me that there's a lot of administration and paperwork mm-hmm. involved in accessing benefits or accessing oh, support. God. At first it was a nightmare knowing what do we do? <laughs> I, I didn't actually start claiming um, disability allowance for my eldest till years after he was actually eligible for it because I didn't know about it. There was no, no one tells you, or no one did tell you, you can claim for this, this and this. I struggled. Um, I think I was getting £29 a week at the time because I knew nothing about it. But once you've got the knowledge, it's much, it's much easier to do. It's still a headache. Um, for example, at PIP renewals or DLA disability allowance renewals, you do have 30 page forms, 40 page forms to fill in and not only that you have to add extra evidence to it to make sure that they get a full picture of your child's needs to make the inaccurate decision. Um, They are very very daunting forms, the fact that I've got experience with them makes it easier. The process is just way too complicated I think. a lot of us parents, it'd be easy if they just said, send in all the paperwork you've got from professionals and let's make a decision from that. So that's easier to do <laughs> rather than repeating yourself 50 times for the same question. Um, it's, it's, it's quite daunting. And like you said, then everything is paperwork, referrals, paperwork, referrals. I haven't got time for that. <laughs> You look like a complete natural, and oh. as though you have, you know, you've clearly built up this amazing set of skills and resources. Mm. How did you sort of get to grips with ways that mm. you could, you know, additionally support and, and help them sort of thrive? Where did that come from? Yeah, it goes back to when my son was little, when there was no, nothing online, no support, 
So I spent my time in the library, any books about autism and things like that, or learning difficulties, and I read and I read and I read. And also, I like keeping notes, so I thought, I'll, I'll keep a diary. I started with, he cries a lot, but there must be something setting off this crying, you know, um, and by keeping a little diary... I then realised, oh, he's crying at this time of day and at this time of day this is quite loud or we're in this place. And then I kind of worked out, ah, oh, maybe because it's too loud or that must be affecting him or things might be... You know what I mean? Working out what was triggering my son. And then obviously there was more information online so I could read, 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 read and I just basically read my way through things. Once my son went to his specialist school, in that, well, specialist college, shall we say, he's in the college bit now, um, whatever the speech therapist was working on at school, I said, can I have it at home? So then I added it into home life, um, suited it into my daughter's routine as well, but, in you know, in things that suited her. And then I just got I got them, and still do, get them involved in everyday life. I wouldn't say I'm fully Montessori, but I like that approach of I'm here to help, but I'm not doing everything for you. <laughs> because I've learned um, when it comes to my children and autistic children they learn a lot better hands-on so getting them involved with cooking and involved with cleaning um let's get messy let's do this play with food whatever you know um and that's just really all come from that start of reading and watching yeah i've still got them um, i've still got the dry bowl of cereal that my daughter didn't eat this morning she loves having a dry bowl of cereal in the morning sometimes she likes milk sometimes not and she left half it, so that, do you know what, that'll do someone's supper later. It's had no milk in it, so... Yeah, no, we're the same. Especially, not going especially in the bin. stuff like that. That just goes in the pot and yeah. waits till later. It's definitely not going in the bin. In the last ten years, I've always wanted to be either a teacher for children with autism, specialising in sensory things, but being a full-time carer and the only one my children kind of have day-to-day... I haven't got the time to go to college and study, so... Um, but then again, when you're working, it's it's looking... This is a massive problem as a carer. It's finding a job that will allow you such specific hours. For example, if I had a job, I'd have to say 10 till 1, because I need to make sure I'm back in time for the drop-off at 3, the kids from school, and I need to make sure if one of the kids is having a meltdown in the morning, or... And the taxi's late that I'm still not going to be late for work. You just don't find work that is flexible like that, sadly, at the minute. So as they get older and they learn to care for themselves, and then I can go out and work. But that's why I volunteer instead, because it's a lot more <laughs> flexible. <laughs> Before COVID, I had my own business, but then the children's care needs just got even higher. My son had to shield, so I had to stay home and just... What was your business? I was teaching different martial arts, so I had a little self-defence centre not far from here, yeah. I still train in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I wasn't teaching that, but I still train in that. And we had specialist classes for um, autistic children as well, and it was more... For the autistic children, it was more learning skills of balancing and, um, you know, using both sides of the bodies, doing different things, bilateral movements, more than accurate trying to beat people up. <laughs> yeah. But it literally had opened and then COVID hit. Does your son do a lot of martial arts? Yeah. Have I remembered that right? That's He's right, yeah. Summer. What? Tell me a bit about that. So we both train in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's not something I ever taught because I've only been doing that for three years myself. Um, and my son too. So growing up, he was obsessed with WWE. 
absolutely obsessed. He would, he wouldn't do anything unless it was WWE related. Although um, I'd never take one of my kids away from their obsessions, there are points in life when it overtakes their life and it's not healthy anymore. So I thought, what can I do to interact him into the world, but at the same time still allow him his obsession? Because he wouldn't go out or anything. He just wanted to sit with his figures and watch repeats of these WWE. So I just started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at that time. And I thought, it's quite like wrestling this. I wonder, I wonder if... Um, and he loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, and over time he built up uh, the ability to speak to other people in class and communicate with his coach. Before this he wouldn't talk to him. It was just a lot of what they call echolalic speech, repeating what he heard or very yes, no, um, short. You couldn't have a conversation with him, for example. If you can get a way to communicate with them and involve them in the world around them through their passion, it's already going to give them that bit of a boost of, I know about this. Actually, I know a lot about this. I'm comfortable around this subject. So it's just a lot easier to get through that way, I've noticed. Um, so going back to that idea of the food waste mm. and back to what bread and butter are doing, obviously we've talked about how it impacts you. Yeah. Do other people share stories with you about what they're doing with the food or how it's helping their families? So it's having a massive impact on this community. It's, it's an area where just more of a deprived area than other parts. I'm not saying everyone, but in, in a whole. So it, I know it will help a lot of people. I think most of my neighbours use it, that I've seen. We see each other with our bags every week. You got on the list this week, great. Um, we get people turning up whilst we're still unloading the van. I don't suppose you've got any spare bags this week. I'm desperate. And Rachel is brilliant with them because she'll be like, do you know what? come back at three, sometimes there's spare bags, people haven't turned up, and even if there's no spare bag, sometimes she'll say, we'll do our best just to at least make you a bag up, and you know, like the four pound bag, we'll do what we can. So there are people physically coming up asking, please, I've got nothing, <laughs> help us. Um, so the impact it's having is amazing. It could be the difference of someone eating the next couple of days or not. Yeah. cinnamon swirls of course i did <laughs> do not judge me i hadn't had any breakfast and they were completely delicious too so i've got absolutely no regrets by that at all <laughs> sounds like you had a lovely visit i did i found shireen completely inspirational and she was so lovely to talk to very welcoming with her coffee and her cinnamon swirls um, and then I met her again um, out of the hub at a half term. Both of her kids were volunteering. Um, they were, you know, helping unload the van and packing the bags. It was a proper family affair. It was brilliant. Yeah. So there is so much to unpack, though, in what she says, isn't there? Yeah, so completely. especially about the challenges of being a carer. Paperwork, the difficulties in finding flexible work opportunities, the social isolation and, and dealing with all of that on a really low income, which is further limiting options. Okay, so now we're going to come to, I think, your favourite moment in the podcast. Would you like some statistics? Oh, yes, please. Come on, then. Um, so uh, I went to Carers UK to find a little okay. bit more about caring. And, and uh, about one in eight adults in the UK are carers. And there are 600 people a day 
giving up work to care. How for you get out of the employment base? Yeah, exactly. And they're giving up work to care for either an older relative or a disabled um, relative. And yet the current rate of carer's allowance is just £69.70 for people caring for a minimum of 35 hours a week, including those like, you know, Shireen yeah. who are looking after somebody, you know, on disability benefit. And we know that 30% of the bread and butter thing members have a caring responsibility. Just So, so that's £69.70 a week for a full-time caring role? Yeah, that's the one. Okay, that's nuts. Okay, so that might be a good time then for us to talk about some of the things that we're going to try and do and support people beyond our affordable food scheme. So people listening might have noticed that we've been announced as one of the charities being supported by Sainsbury's and Comic Relief as part of their Christmas campaign. Which is brilliant. Isn't it? I, can't, I mean, it's, it, it is just fantastic news. Uh, but the money that's raised will also allow us to do two main things. So firstly, uh, it will allow us to spread our work into new areas with our affordable food support. Um, we're already looking at options in the East Midlands, South Yorkshire, and further into the Northwest and North Wales areas. We're having conversations now about opening new warehouses and establishing hubs nearby. But, and this is the big bit today really for us, we're also going to be investing and improving and enhancing our additional services offer, which will allow members and other people in the community to access the kind of support that Shireen was talking about. So helping accessing benefits, knowing what's available and what to apply for, and ideas about how to make money and resources stretch further from experts in those areas. So we'll be spreading further, but also really intensifying our work in our existing communities. Too. Yeah, 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 exactly. Some of that's already started based on the feedback we've been getting from our members about the things that matter to them most. As a result, we're focusing on kind of four main areas debt, energy, digital exclusion and income maximisation whether that's applied for benefits or employment support and so on. So while Shireen talks about the administrative challenges of being a carer and about not always knowing what help is available not to mention the relentless fulfilling. Yeah. Um, so she spent a lot of time researching what's available in order to best be able to support her family and now she's helping others do the same. She is a one-woman advice channel on TikTok. She's brilliant. Uh, she's offering, you know, support and guidance to people with autistic children about, you know, where to go for help, how to tackle the paperwork. But she's not alone. Anyone with a caring responsibility faces the same sort of challenges. Yeah, finding out about the options available to you in our somewhat opaque benefit system is a real challenge, which is where we're hoping to help. So, for example, we've already got some really interesting projects on the go of various shapes and sizes. For example... In Manchester, Citizens Advice are currently visiting all of our hubs with their mobile advice vans so that people can get face-to-face -face advice on all kinds of issues, which we know is really important to our members. And in Darlington, the Green Doctors are also touring our hubs, helping people find ways to cut down their energy usage, whether that's applying for cavity wall insulation or draft-proofing windows. Yeah, and then we've got some hub-specific projects going on, mm -hmm. like the full-week money management course at Gorse Hill, which is also being run by Groundwork which is looking at everything from benefit applications to budgeting to finding your best energy provider. Yeah, this is really vital work and the money from Comet Relief and Sainsbury's will enable us to bring in more partners and experts to offer help and advice to people. We've talked before about digital exclusion, haven't we? We know that only 38% of our members are confident online. By bringing in advisors to our hubs, 
we allow our members a chance to talk face-to-face -to, -face to experts who can also look holistically at the whole picture too, spotting other areas where support might be beneficial. And the results are really tangible. So when Citizens Advice visited um, 23 of our hubs last year, they helped people apply for their warm homes discount, they registered almost 150 people on the priority services register, and they identified energy efficiency ideas amounting to over £55,000 um, we saved when they're all implemented. So it makes a really big difference to individuals' yeah, sort of pockets. It's massive. It, it, it really does add up. But being able to get access to the right advice is where it all starts. That's why it's so vital. So this is where our energy, no pun intended, is really focused right now. So before we wrap up, Mark... Mm -hmm. This is the bit I don't like of the podcast. Oh, come group. on. Come on. I just want to pick up one more thing that Shireen talks about. Okay. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she talks about the benefits of martial arts, specifically Brazilian jiu-jitsu, for her son, Kof, but also for her. And I just wanted to hear if fancied it. Uh, I feel like an onion sat here. Every time we do these podcasts, you peel a little bit more of me away. <laughs> so, Yes. I do like martial arts, and yes, I, I, I admire anybody that can do Brazilian jiu-jitsu because it's tough. It does sound terrifying. It is, and my, my main reasons for doing it really is because I'm getting older and clumsier, and it, things like this really help with balance and coordination. Anybody ever mention to you Tai Chi? Yeah, I, it's too slow for me. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, well, let's wrap up there, shall we? So if you'd like to know more about the bread and butter thing and what we get up to, you can find us at Team TBBT on Instagram and Twitter or at LinkedIn or online at breadandbutterthing.org. And if you have any feedback or thoughts on the podcast, you can get in touch with us by email at podcast at breadandbutterthing.org. Finally, we're always open to new members at all of our hubs. So if you or someone you know would benefit from our affordable food scheme, you can find your nearest hub on the Join Us pages of the website. And please do all the things that podcasts ask you to do. Like us, subscribe, leave us a review, share us with your friends and say nice things about us on social. That would be great. And tell your mum. <laughs> <laughs>